0: Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. We're in a series that we've entitled The Answer To. Last week we looked at the answer to sin, it was the cross. This week we get to look at the answer to hopelessness. There's hope. There's hope. I knew what I was gonna speak out several weeks ago because of this great day that you and I have and knowing it was going to be different. And if there's one thing that we need, it's hope. But you see, on that first Easter day, there wasn't much hope around. The disciples were kind of terrified and afraid. They were wondering what was going on. The women had went to the tomb, no one was there, they had an encounter, but still had questions and everything and didn't know what was happening. It wasn't filled with hope. It was kind of hopeless. Let me take you on a little journey through that day so that we understand what they were going through. In Luke chapter 24, it says, the same day two of Jesus' followers were walking along the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. Now, as they're walking there, Jesus comes up to them, starts walking with them. They don't know who he is. He asked them, what are you talking about? They looked at him like, haven't you heard? Don't you know? And then they get into the leading priest and the other religious leaders handing him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. And here's a, we had hoped. Hope was gone. We had hoped that he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This has all happened three days ago. They talk about the women who had went to the tomb. They explain some more to him. And then Jesus interrupts him and says, you foolish people. You find it so hard to believe in all the prophets wrote in Scripture. You find it so hard to believe in the Bible? We'll pick up that later. Wasn't it clearly predicted the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before suffering in His glory? They journeyed on. They got to a place where they were going to stop. They were going to share a meal. Jesus breaks bread with them. He blesses it. and The moment they do that, their eyes are open. They say, it's Jesus. He's gone. So we're told that immediately, about an hour later or so, they're on their way back to Jerusalem. Verse 35, the two from Emmaus told their story and how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking. They were with the disciples now, and how they had recognized Him as He was breaking bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus Himself suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, He said. But the whole group, all of them, were startled, frightened, thinking he was a ghost. You see, that's what fear does to you. Fear makes you see things not as they are, but as you perceive them to be. And so they looked at this because they were shaken to their boots about what's going on here. Why are you frightened? he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me. Make sure that I'm not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. And he spoke and he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in, what? Disbelief. Filled with joy. We'll talk about that in a moment too. And wonder. And he asked them, do you have anything to eat? John gives us a little more insight into this meeting. He tells us why the disciples were in this room. In John chapter 20, verse 19, it says, that Sunday evening, they've gone the whole day. The disciples were meeting behind closed doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. And suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. And so they go through that whole thing and Jesus appears and shows himself. But then we come down a few more verses and one of the 12 disciples, Thomas, you know him, the doubter, he nicknamed the twin, he he was not there when Jesus came. And they told him, we've seen the Lord. But he replied, look, you think you have. But I'm not going to believe this unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, place my hand into the wound in his side. That's pretty gruesome. That's pretty doubtful, isn't it? And yet that's what his statement was. Look, I'm not going to believe this unless I have some tangible proof and I want to see the whole thing. And eight days later, a week, the disciples were together again. This time Thomas was there and doors were locked. Still there, still dealing with things. And suddenly as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. And he says to Thomas, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound of my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord, my God, Thomas exclaimed. Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. And this is where we come in because this is us. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. You see, you and I sometimes go through the same thing that Thomas and the other disciples went through. We go through circumstances and situations that cause us to be afraid, cause us to see things not as they really are, begin to doubt the whole thing, and we lose hope. Because hope can be removed from our lives. You you can live a life as a Christian and have hope taken out of the picture. And it happens because of a couple of different things. Number one, our expectations don't come true. Remember the disciples are saying, this is the time, is the time yet? Is he, are you going to restore your kingdom now? That's the question they were asking him before all this took place. They thought it was now. Remember from last week, we talked about, they thought he was going to be the king. They thought he was going to be the deliverer, restore the Jewish kingdom. Everything's going to be wonderful. We'll rule, we'll reign. And what do they expected? did not happen. Have you ever had things happen to you in your life and you expected it to be one way and it wasn't? You get married, you expect it to be like this. Seldom does it meet your expectations. And we blame, well, it's the other person. It can't be me. It's maybe I made a mistake. No, our expectations were just wrong and we hope for the wrong things. Or hope can be taken away because we go through a tough time. The circumstances of life bring on difficulties as Jesus promised they would. He said, don't be surprised when you face the trials and the hardships in this world. They're going to happen. And sometimes when we're going through something, it gets hard. It gets difficult, a physical difficulty, a relationship that's struggling, a financial situation that we're wondering, how am I going to make this? And we begin going through this time and we begin to get discouraged and we begin to feel defeated and we begin to think I'm not gonna get this I'm not gonna make this and hope is lost and that's what the followers of Jesus were at they had gone through this they went through this they watched this they watched all the bloodiness and all the pain and all the difficulties and here they are and hope is gone because the circumstances just look horrible or We can lose hope because fear tells us negative information. They were all afraid. We read it. I don't know if you caught it or not. Why were they behind locked doors? They were afraid of the religious leaders because here would be their thought. They killed him. Are we next? They got rid of him. We're his followers. Are they coming now after us? Our lives are in danger. And fear shows up when we're not in control, when we have uncertainty and when we don't understand. We fail to realize we don't control as much as we think we do. And we don't understand nearly enough. And so you go through this, you get the negative input and the negative input just begins to feed you. Or we lose fear because we get impatient with the timing of God. God, how long is this gonna go on? God, is now the time? Is this the way it's going to be? God, help me. Some of your parents are probably thinking that now with your kids home all the time. How much longer is this going to go on? And we go through circumstances and situations and they seem to be drawn out and we think they were going to be open over with just quickly, but yet here we are weeks later, months later, and we're still dealing with it. And we get impatient because things haven't been dealt with and it's ongoing and it just seems to never end and we just deal with that and have all the impatience of our being come to the surface and hope's gone but I got great news for you today hope can be gone but it can be restored and see, that's what Jesus did with his disciples. He said, I want to restore you. I, you've lost hope. It's there. I understand. I know what life is like. I know how hard it can be. But I'm here to tell you there's hope today. Jesus Christ is here to tell us there's hope today. It can be restored. It can be restored to those who denied him. We all know about Peter, I think. Now, Jesus said to him, Peter, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. And Peter said, wouldn't be me. I'll never do that. That'll never happen. Uh, that's not possible. And yet here he is knowing what he did. And yet when Jesus comes back he meets the lady in the garden and she thinks he's a gardener and he says, look go tell the other disciples and Peter. We know that days later he has a conversation with Peter. Do you love me? And even though Peter had denied him Jesus understood didn't hold it against him and said, Peter I'm not done with you. There's more to come, and I will help you, and I will take care of you, no matter what. Have you ever been disappointed with yourself? You ever done something you thought, I'd never do that, and yet you did? You kick yourself for it, and you know you've disappointed God, and you feel like, well, life's hopeless. Uh, I've done it. My mistake's been too big, too bad. I can't go on great news today. There's hope. Hope also restores to those who have doubted. Thomas. (laughs) Man. You know, here's a guy who said, "Nah, I'm not going to believe this. I want physical, tangible proof. I want to stick my finger in him. I I want this to... uh, No, I want to see it. I want to feel it. I want to touch it. I want to prove to me that it's real. And Jesus walks to Thomas. Doesn't start beating him up. He says, Thomas, here I am. Stick your fingers in my side. Look at the scars. I'm here. And all of us at times go through things in life where we have some doubts about God, about what he's doing, how long he's going to be doing it. Can I really hold on to it this long? I don't believe God would let this happen to me. I don't understand why this is going on, and you begin to question things. And you want some tangible proof. You want something that you can count on, something that is tangible, that you can feel and touch, so that you have a grip on it. And yet, God says, Jesus said, Thomas, I know you doubted me. Touch me, because I want you to have hope. And Thomas goes, My God. My Savior. Hope also can come to those who daily and have fear, and that fear just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper. The disciples are behind locked doors. The disciples are wondering what's going to go on. Jesus shows up, and because of their fear, it's a ghost. What do we do? How do we handle this? And she said, Don't be afraid. I'm here, it's okay. And yet, if we're not careful, we can get so caught up in all that's going on around about us and just have fear because if you watch the news every day, in spite of their saying that they have facts, not fear, you, you know, we all kind of feel like that's not the truth. And it just seems like the news gets worse. It just seems like this is ongoing. It's never going to end. It just seems like, how am I going to deal with this? I don't like this. I can't control this. I don't know what's going to happen. But Jesus responds to his disciples don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Over and over again throughout his ministry don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't let fear control your life. Now, I've already talked about that and, because we talked about the answer to fear a few weeks ago. So, you and I don't have to give in to fear. So, we've come to this Easter Sunday. And we come to this great time. And we say, it's a day of hope. Jesus Christ is alive. And hope is really critical. You see... You can't have faith unless you have hope. Because once hope is gone, faith goes. You can't please God without faith. The definition of faith given to us in Hebrews chapter 11 says you know what? Faith shows the reality of what we hope for, it's the evidence of things we cannot see and so faith becomes the critical part of our life because we can't please god without it and we're not going to have faith unless we have hope and god understood this and we are people of faith if we say that then that automatically means we have hope notice what peter writes in first peter chapter 1 verse 21 through christ you've come to trust in god and you have placed your faith and hope notice how he ties them together In God, because He raised Christ from the dead and gave Him great glory. You have hope. Faith and hope, they go together. It's important for you to have hope, not be hopeless, but to have hope. So, I want to give you four things that will help you, I hope, have hope in these days and times in which we live, and they become very critical to us. First of all, I have to embrace the truth. Now, when we say that, what we're saying is we have to embrace God's Word. Remember what Jesus said to the two on the road to Emmaus. He said, look, haven't you guys read the prophets? Don't you know what they've said? Didn't you hear me? How many times did Jesus with his disciples tell them, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go, I'm going to be crucified, I'll raise again, I'll come back for you. How many times did he repeat that to them? How often was it given to them? And yet when it comes down to crunch time, it's like they forgot everything they knew. And so as we go through these times, if I'm going to have hope, I've got to embrace something that's true all the time. And God's Word is true all the time. Everything it says, everything it promises, I can put my trust in. And so, if I'm going to have hope, my hope comes from the truth of who God is and who Jesus Christ is, and all of that is given to me through the Bible. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us what do the scriptures give us? Hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. The scriptures give us hope. We believe in God's word. We believe in what it says. And when you hold on to the principles of scripture, no matter what else you hear, know God's word is true. And you have to embrace that. Hold on to it. Don't let it go. Hold it close to you. It will get you through everything. And so, when you embrace God's Word, God's Word is there because the Scriptures give us hope and encouragement. And I believe that's something all of us need in the days and time in which we're living hope and encouragement. Now, the second thing, I have to endure hardships. You see, life's hard. I have to examine my fears. The Bible tells me there will be difficult times. Jesus bluntly told us. The writers in the New Testament, Paul, Peter, James, told us difficult times. And no matter what I go through, I have to keep embracing the truth. Hardships are going to come. The Bible tells us that when they come, I shouldn't begin to question God. I shouldn't begin to doubt God. Just because things get difficult doesn't mean God isn't in control because he is. But I have to expect the hardships. And when they come, I have to endure. You and I right now are in an endurance period. One of the difficult things we face is the question, when's this going to end? I don't know. But you and I are people because we're people of faith who believe and trust in God's Word. We will endure till the end because we know that God will help us. And so we endure the difficulties of life. We go through a lot of them. And no matter what they are, we have to remain faithful. Paul writes in Romans We can rejoice. Now, notice that again because I'm going to get there and you probably won't like that point when I do. When we run into the problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. That's what we need, isn't it? Endurance. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to make this. I'm going to go on. You see, when I, I ran track when I was young. I wasn't fast or anything, but I guess I was fast enough. I don't know. But I had a friend of mine who was a great miler. And man, that guy would run and run and run and run. I'd get tired just watching him run. And what was he running for? He was building up his endurance. Because the more you do it, the more you can do it. The farther you can go, the more strength you get. And so God says, look, I'm going to help you develop character. I want to help you develop endurance. I won't want you to be weak so that you falter when things get hard. I want you to keep growing and be strengthened in the difficult times because the endurance develops strength of character. Anybody need their character developed a little bit? We all do, don't we? And that character strengthens our confident what? Hope of salvation. God says, look, I'm going to help you. We'll go through this time. You can endure it. You'll get through the hard times. You'll have a hope in the midst of it all. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Now, the hope the world offers you will lead to disappointment. The hope you develop on your own, well, I hope this happens, and I hope I get this, and I hope I make that. That hope, that expectation is going to get you in trouble. But God says, look, this hope you can count on. It's going to happen. For we know how dearly God loves us. And He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. So we have within us as Christians the Spirit of God who gives us the strength that we need, who never leaves us, never goes away. And He says, I'll be with you through it all. We'll develop this endurance here. You'll get through this. You'll be stronger. You'll be better because of it. And there's one thing we know. We all want to be more like Christ, I hope. That means we got to go through some times in order to get there so we can develop our character. Third thing. Hold on. I have to experience joy daily. See, the circumstances don't change God's Word or His promises. No matter what's going on, I have joy. We're told often throughout the Scriptures to be joyful always. Remember when we read that verse about the disciples, they were filled with joy and wonder? Because down deep inside, there's something that this is true. This is right. Your fears want to rise up and bury it. Your doubts want to overwrite it. But in the midst of it all, we have joy. Now, that doesn't mean we bounce up and down and clap our hands and get giddy and just got to have laughing all the time. It just means that down deep inside of me, There is this confidence of knowing that God is present in my life and I can rejoice because of it. When you and I woke up this morning, Easter, it's joyful. And that joy should be mine, not just on Easter Sunday. That joy should be ours every day and every moment of our lives as we walk with God. Paul writes in Romans 15, I pray that God, who is He? The source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust him because you put your faith in him that when you allow God to be the source of your life and you put your hope in him joy and peace becomes yours and then you will overflow with confident hope through the power Of the Holy Spirit. How do you know you have hope? It's pretty simple. You have joy. See, the person without hope has no joy. They have depression, discouragement, defeat, anger, bitterness, fear. The person with hope has joy. God's faithful, which leads to our last point. I have to expect God to be faithful. Now this is a great expectation because this expectation will never be disappointed. God will always be faithful. He will always do what He's promised. He will keep His Word. He will never stop loving me. He will never leave me. He will always be with me. He did everything for me. He cares for me. He wants to help me. And one day, I get to be with Him forever. Remember the time when Jesus was talking to the disciples and He says, look, I'm going to go away to my father's house and and there's many rooms in it. If I weren't, so I've told you, but you know the way that I'm going and you know how to get there. And when I'm done, I'll come back and get you. And and again, Thomas jumps up and says, no, we don't know where you're going. We don't know how to get there. Jesus says to him, no one comes to the Father except through me. Trust me, I will be faithful to you. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. God can be trusted to keep his promise. So I pray this Easter Sunday that you have hope because Easter is a day of hope and Easter should be every day of the year. And maybe today you're watching and you don't have hope. Maybe it's because you've just been living life for yourself and doing your own thing. and you recognize today that the only way for genuine real hope is through Jesus. And on this Easter Sunday, you want to change your life. You want to stop living for you and start living for God. This would be a great day to do it because once you do that, you've got hope because you put your faith and your trust in him. He won't lie to you. You can believe what he's given to you. He'll be with you in the difficult times. You can have a joy and a peace inside of you that never leaves you. And you can be confident that God will keep his word and be faithful. So let's pray. Father, today, I pray for those that are watching. Some of them are here today and Lord, they... uh, haven't got this hope that we've talked about because their life isn't where it needs to be with you. But the Bible says if they'll admit their sins and if they'll believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead and ask him to forgive them, they'll be saved. And salvation brings with it hope. So Lord, as they're asking you to do that, as they're telling you that life is not had meaning it needs to have. And as they say, they're going to live for you and not themselves. May they sense your presence and the hope that only you can give. Lord, there's Christians here today who during these times that we're living in, allow the enemy to come in and bring discouragement, to bring fear, to bring pain, to feel like it's never going to end, to think we can't take any more. I pray that you will be with them today and that you will help every one of us to know for the Christian, life is never hopeless. There is always hope. Thank you today for the hope that we get to enjoy every day of our life. In thy name we pray, amen. I want to leave you with one more verse. It's a great conclusion Kind of a little prayer I would have for you. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal comfort and a wonderful hope comfort you and strengthen you in every good thing you do and say. God bless you. Have a great day and a great week. Let it be filled with hope. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday morning. Faith Assembly Sunday morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.